Well, praise the Lord. Once again, Pastor Jerry, coming to you wherever you're at. We're always honored and privileged to bring you the Word of God. It's, uh, we just feel grateful, praise God, that you're connecting with us. Praise God. If uh, you get a chance, send us uh, you know, an email, whatever, connect uh, with our ministry and let us know how things are going wherever you're at. Praise God and how things are happening there. And uh, give us a testimony, a prayer request, whatever. We'd just love to hear from you. Praise God. We're going to dive right into the Word of God. This, of course, being like our midweek service. So we've been, uh, you know, on our midweeks, been talking uh, every week about uh, our patriarchs of faith. And so we're going to do the same thing today. Amen. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 which is our, our key verse, our opening verse, praise God. and just says this, uh, verse uh, 11 of chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians says, Now all these things happened to them. Of course, the them is the children of Israel, and all the things talked about are all the things that they went through while they're in the, in the wilderness. And of course, most of this stuff wasn't any good. It wasn't, it wasn't fun. It said, The things that happened to them were as examples to you and me, and they were written for our admonition or our instruction or teaching upon whom the ends of the ages have come. In other words, it's always going to be something that you can learn from and glean from. Now, the idea is, is teaching us and showing us as example the things, what to do or not to do. And of course, in this text, there's a lot of what not to do. I mean, a lot of the murmuring, griping, complaining was not a good thing, so it ended up to a, uh, ended up being a lot of uh, negative things, a lot of negative results. And so what we're trying to do with uh, bringing up our patriarchs of faith, talking about the different things in their life, things that we can glean that will help us, uh, teach us some things, and at the same time, uh, maybe even show us a few things that not to do, you know. Uh, today, we're going to go back to uh, Hebrews 11 and talk um, about one of our patriarchs of faith. Uh, believe it or not, we're going to talk about Rahab, okay, today. And uh, so, uh, which she is, of course, mentioned in a few places in Scripture. And let's see here. Let's get to that text. So chapter 11 of Hebrews. And I'm going to read a couple verses. And um, I think I brought this out maybe last week, and I'm going to say it again this week, is that every time I dive into these things, uh, especially with some of the uh, different individuals that we've been ministering on, um, it's, it's amazing what starts opening up to you and what you start seeing that maybe you didn't see before. Maybe somehow you just you know, sped, you know, speed through it and just don't catch it. So today I'm hoping that you uh, have an ear to hear this. Amen. But uh, verse 30 and 31 is the verses I'm going to read. And it says this, by faith, which is always the key, right, in this text. It's talking about, you know, what they did by their faith, by their trust or acknowledgement or their reliance or their dependence or their convictions. Amen. So by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. And we're going to go and read some of that here in a minute. And it says, by faith, verse 31, the, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe uh, when she had received the spies with peace. Now, uh, what you have here going on is um, the walls coming down. Of course, we've you know, studied that a little bit here and there with Joshua. And uh, so by faith, the walls came down. But you have to understand that by faith, on that same wall was the home of Rahab, which did not fall. And I'm just going to toss this out here. By faith, the walls came down, and by faith, a portion of that wall stayed up. It's just something to think about, all right? Uh, by faith, all right, she was, uh, you know, was saved, even though everyone around her uh, was, uh, perished, all right? By faith, amen, and that's that we're trying to bring out here today, is by faith, even though all hell's breaking loose around you, for whatever reasons. Some of it isn't always, isn't always bad. Some things are, really, it's a harvest of all the junk that goes on, and so a lot of stuff is, is going on. But in the midst of all of that, your walls can stay erected, amen, because of your faith in God. And that's just the thing we're going to talk about today is by our faith. Amen. The Passion Translation of this uh, verse here, or these two verses, says, Faith pulled down Jericho's walls after the people marched around them for seven days. Faith provided a way 
of escape for Rahab, the prostitute, avoiding the destruction of the unbelievers because she received the spies, um, the, pardon me, the Hebrew spies in peace. Amen. Now, it's amazing, isn't it, how God used uh, a harlot, how God used a prostitute. Uh, some say, well, man, what, man, how, why would God, you know, mention someone like that? Well, you know, that's quite a redemption story because God used Rahab not only with the spies and uh, probably to be honest, you know, uh, well, I'll probably see some of this in a minute. But the one thing you need to know about Rahab is Rahab went down in history as part of the lineage of Jesus in that wild. All right. So God, uh, you know, restored uh, this woman and uh, used her. Amen. Beyond even this story. So, which is kind of a neat deal. So anyway, uh, let's go to Joshua then. And let's read some of this. Joshua chapter two, please. All right. Joshua chapter two. Now I might have, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm just kind of feeling like we're probably going to have a little bit of reading going on here today. So I'm just telling you that, but I'm just hoping you have an ear to hear it. All right. All right. So uh, Joshua two, all right, let's see here. Joshua 2, and I'm going to just start with verse 1. All right, verse 1 just says this. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out two men from Achaia, uh, Grove, and to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. I love that, especially Jericho. So they went and came to the house of a harlot named Rahab and lodged there. Now, uh, one of the reasons that those men could lodge there, and of course we could you could run with your mind about what, what's all going on here. But the bottom line is, because of her profession, uh, to be honest, uh, probably were strange men that showed up to her place all the time. So anyway, so maybe they're, you know, in a sense, hoping that, you know, nobody's going to notice. But, of course, somebody did notice. And it says, um, and it was told the king, verse 2 of Jericho, saying, Behold, men have come here tonight from the children of Israel to search out the country. So the king of Jericho sent to Rahab saying, bring out the men uh, who have come to you, uh, who have entered your house, for they have come to search out all the country. Then the woman uh, took the two men and hid them. Now just, now I want you to remember, now it said by faith. She did some things by faith. Hang on. By faith, she hid them. So she said, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they went from here. So in other words, she did all this by faith. She's risking her own life, all right, doing what she's doing. Okay, it's pretty, you know, when you stop and look at this, it was pretty intense what she did. And it happened as the gate was being shut, that when it was dark, that the men went out. In other words, she said, they snuck out and they, they hightailed it out. And so uh, where, where the men went, I do not know. Pursue them quickly, for you may overtake them. And of course, you know, she's lying to them the whole time, but she's, uh, she's trying to get the men of Jericho to, to, you know, leave her place and maybe go out on this uh, wild goose chase, so to speak, uh, looking for these men, okay, which are up on a roof, you know. Um, now hang on to that, okay. But she had uh, brought them up on the roof and hid them with the uh, stalks of flax. And it was just hidden, hiding behind stuff there, which she had laid in order on the roof. And the, then the men pursued them by the road of the Jordan uh, and, uh, to the fords. And as soon as those who pursued them gone out, she shut the gate. And now before they laid, lay down, she came up to them on the roof and, they, and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you the land. Isn't this amazing? Okay, now this is, this is a harlot, okay, in Jericho who already knows. Okay, now it is, anyway, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water on the Red Sea for you, uh, uh, for you when you came out of, of Egypt, and what you did uh, to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, uh, Sion and Gog, uh, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord, our, your, pardon me, the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Are you getting this? Okay, she's already acknowledged who's God. Okay, come on now. Now the rest of you think the rest of the community would would get it, but 
She obviously got it. Now, I think you need to hear this because there's a lot of talk out there about everything that goes on around and, and uh, you know, is, is the, children, you know, the children of God all going to be uh, taken under because of all the dumb decisions of other folks and whether we're talking government or we're talking uh, whatever it is, okay? There's all kinds of things that go on, media, government, all kinds of stuff that's being said and done. And as a result of it, you know, there's a lot of junk happening, a lot of stuff going on. So does that mean that we're all going to be taken under because of this? Well, uh, Rahab wasn't. Rahab knew who the God, who, who, who God is, amen, even though she was a foreigner. And she submitted herself to God, risked her own life. And if you really want to be honest about it, I think God sent the spies to connect with her because of where she was at. It's just a thought, but I think it's pretty, pretty valid when you start looking at everything that she did here. All right. She was ready to, uh, you know, she, she didn't have any problem, you know, hiding these men. And as we're going to see here in a minute, she's going to make sure she sends them out so they don't end up getting caught and uh, does everything they ask her to do. And uh, as a result of it, spares her family. All right. Now, hang on. Here we go. Verse 12. Now, therefore, I beg you, swear to me by the Lord. In other words, I, I want to I promise from you, all right, since I have shown you kindness, she's talking to these two men, all right, that you will also show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token. In other words, you're going to spare our lives and spare my father, my mother, my brother, my sisters, and all that I have and all that they have, pardon me, and deliver our lives from death. So the men answered her, our lives for yours. If none of you tell this business of ours, and it shall be when the Lord has given us the land that we will uh, deal kindly and truly with you. Then she let them down by a rope through the window. Now, just let's, let's get this straight now. Jericho, uh, um, well, let me finish this. Maybe that'll make more sense here. For her house was, here we go, on the city wall. Uh, she dwelt on the wall. Now, she's on the wall. Her home is on the wall. So. Uh, the, the history says that the walls of Jericho were wide, en wide enough that they could have, um, they could literally like have horse uh, chariot races up on the wall that was so wide deep. Well, the reason being is a lot of the wall was consistent of homes, okay, that were on top of each other all, across, all around uh, the city. Now, she lived on the wall and obviously must have lived on the up, one of the upper decks okay, because that she had the men hide up on the roof, okay, which was attached to her place, come on now, and she had to let the men down through a, by a rope out her window. So she must have been up, she wasn't on the main levels, what I'm trying to bring out, okay, and now there's a reason I'm doing this, okay, now hang on. Okay, she said to them, uh, get to the mountain, lest the, uh, lest the pursuers meet you. Hide there three days until the pursuers have returned. Afterward, you may go your way. In other words, she's telling them how to get out of here so you don't get caught, all right? So the men said to her, we will uh, be blameless of this oath of yours, which you have made us swear, unless when we come into the land, uh, uh, you bind this line of scarlet cord in the window uh, through which uh, you let us down. In other words, this same rope, this must obviously had a scarlet cord in it. You have to leave it hang out, out your window, all right? Now, hang on, and unless... Uh, you bring your father, your mother, your brothers, and all your father's household uh, to your own house, come on, which is on the wall, which is the window that hangs the, the scarlet cord. Come on now. So it shall be that whoever goes outside these doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be on his own head, and we will be guiltless. And whoever is with you in the house, his blood shall be on our head if a hand is laid on him. Okay? In other words, we will stand behind this. If you do what we ask you to do, and if you don't, if, if somebody leaves your house during that time, okay, then we're, then the, the deal's off, okay? So if their life is taken, that's, that's their business, all right? All right, now, and if you tell this business of, of ours, uh, then we will be free from your oath, which you, have, uh, which you have made us swear. And she said, according to your word, so be it, okay? And she went, uh, uh, sent them away. And they departed, and she bound the scarlet cord in the window, right out, like she said. And uh, and of course, 
they departed, went to the mountain, did what she said, stayed there three days until the pursuers returned. Pursuers sought them all along the way, but did not find them. So the two men returned, uh, descended from the mountain, and crossed over, and they came to Joshua, the son of Nun, and told him all that had uh, befallen them. Notice, explained everything to him, all right? And they said to Joshua, uh, truly the Lord has delivered all the land into your hands, uh, for indeed all the inhabitants of the country of Jericho there are faint-hearted because of us. Okay, now there's the story. Now, we know what happened afterwards, of course. Uh, there's several chapters here of everything that kind of sets the stage. But in chapter 6, then, they is the story when they, they, are, they now are around Jericho. They're doing what the Lord instructed. Uh, they march around the city the first day, second day, third day, fourth day, fifth day, sixth day. And on the seventh day, they march around the city seven times. And then at the end, they, they shout a shout of victory, blow the horns, everything, and the walls come down. All right. Now, of course, in that, Joshua also instructed them, nobody's going to talk during that week uh, because you're going to mess it up, mainly because Joshua had seen what happens when you live, give them the opportunity to talk. Well, anyway, that's a whole other sermon. But the bottom line is this, okay? They did what God said. Now, let's pick up with some of this. Chapter 6 now, and verse, um, verse 17. All right, we'll do this. This is after they shouted the shout of victory, all right? And it says, now the city shall be doomed by the Lord to destruction, talking about Jericho, and it and all who are in it, only Rahab the harlot, so I'm in chapter 6, verse 17, okay? Only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all who are with her in the house, because she hid the, the messengers uh, that we sent. Let's skip on down here to verse 23. And the young men who had been spies went in. So this is after everything else has come down. Listen, the young men who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab, her father, her mother, her brothers, and all that she had. And they brought uh, out all her relatives and left them outside the camp of Israel. Verse uh, down to 15. Joshua spared Rahab, the harlot, her father's household, and all that she had. So she dwells in Israel to this day because she hid the messengers uh, from Joshua, uh, whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. Now, set, read a lot, kind of read it, sped through that pretty quick. But the bottom line is this, okay? Rahab was spared because of her faith, her faith in God, all right? And what she had done. She, she risked, risked her own life, okay, to save these two men, all right? And then when they made uh, the the oath with each other, okay, they let it be known, okay, that we will spare your life and your family, anybody that's in that house with you, as long as that cord is hanging from the window, okay, this kind of sounds almost like when, when the children of Israel were, uh, were delivered from Egypt, right? Remember the, the blood on, uh, you know, anyway, the point is, it's real similar, okay? So the point I'm going to make with you today, okay, by faith, the scripture says, those walls came down. The children of Israel did what God had asked them to do, and by their faith, confidence, trust, reliance, dependence, all the synonyms of faith right there, okay, their trust in God, those walls came down, except the portion of the wall where Rahab's home was. And her faith in God, her confidence, trust, reliance, dependence, come on now, her assurance, amen, in God protected her and her family, and it kept those walls up in her part of the wall. Now, I'm just trying to show you, all right, that even though all hell may be busting loose all around us, you put faith in God, it'll keep your walls up. Amen. It'll keep things, keep you safe. It'll keep you secure. You don't have to be destroyed uh, with, with the rest of the unbelievers. It says, by faith, by her faith, amen, she was spared. She did exactly what they had asked her to do, amen, and obviously, amen, it spared her and her whole family. They end up uh, being uh, delivered. They end up in Israel or with, with the children of Israel, I should say, and uh, goes on. Literally, she becomes, uh, because of who she married and everything there, she ends up becoming a part of the lineage 
of Jesus. Isn't that wild? I mean, this thing is pretty phenomenal. When you think about what Rahab did, amen, it's pretty phenomenal. Her faith kept part of the wall of Jericho up in order for that family to be delivered. Because remember now, um, the word says that when the walls came down, the two spies then went in and went up to where she was at and brought them all down. So that part of the wall stayed intact. Now you think, why are you emphasizing that so much? I'm just trying to show you that even when everything else is coming down, and some things that are coming down are coming down because of the faith of the believers. There are things happening right now in this nation because we're praying and we're believing God. And it may look like all hell is breaking loose everywhere else. But know this, that you stay in faith, your walls stay intact. You stay secure. You stay uh, safe, praise God. But it's by your faith. Amen. You have to release faith. You have to stay in faith. I mean, Rahab knew enough to stay in faith. She knew enough to do what was asked of her to do. Amen. And everybody in that house was, was, uh, was safe. Praise God. I just, this thing is just, it's phenomenal when you think about it. When you think about how the whole thing happened, how everything came down, and yet one little portion of a wall, I could just kind of see everything else crumbling in, falling in. Literally, in some places, the word even talks about how it came, became flat, like almost like the ground swallowed it, you know? I mean, everything, bang, comes down, except for this portion of the wall where her house was, where her family was. Now, you talk about a, a good God. Um, I mean, there you go. Amen. So can God save you in the midst of all the turmoil? Yes. Can God deliver you in the midst of all hell breaking loose? Yes. Can God protect your family even though maybe the, the other families down the street and maybe are having havoc? Yes. Can it happen? Yes. By your faith in God. Amen. Now, with that said, amen, we're going to go to 1 John. We're going to talk a little bit about this faith in God. Amen. Boy, I hope you're hearing this. I kind of got a little excited about this thing as I was kind of into it. And uh, it just, to me, it just, I don't know, just like I saw the whole thing happen and it just, it excited me uh, just to see what God can do. Isn't it amazing? Anyway, First uh, John, let's go to um, chapter 5. And I'm going to read a couple verses here. It says, uh, we're just going to talk a little bit about faith here. Uh, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. This is chapter 5, verse 4. I don't know if I told you. 1 John 5, verse 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. One translation says, in our, or even our faith. And in one says, by our faith, all right? Verse 5 says, who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. All right, so that's who he's talking about, that whatever is born of God. In other words, if you have faith in Jesus, you know, him being your Savior, your Lord, amen, you put your faith in God, amen, that you are a candidate, if I said that, you know, quite right, but you're a candidate of, amen, being an overcomer as far as the world's concerned. No matter what's happening in the world, you're an overcomer. You conquer, you overcome. You prevail, all right, no matter what else is going on, all right? So back to verse 4, it says, okay, that this is the victory. This is our victory. This is how victory manifests. Whatever it is you're praying and believing for, this is how it happens, by your faith, okay? It's by your faith, by your reliance on God, assurance, your confidence in God, by your trust in God, by, uh, by your convictions, Amen. With the things of God. Amen. That's how you gain your victory. All right. You want to stay secure and safe in the midst of all this? Walk in faith. The only way to live. That's how we live. The just shall live by faith. That's how we live. That's how we conduct life. Amen. We live with confidence in God. 
We live that no matter how it looks, how it looks down the street, how it looks in our state, how it looks in our nation, how it looks around the world, we're, we're not moved. Why? Because none of these things move us. Why? Because we are confident in God. We trust in God. We have faith in God. Our faith will keep us secure, praise God. Our faith in God will keep us safe, praise God. That's how it works, praise the Lord. Oh, glory to God. The Passion Translation says this. It says that you see every child of God overcomes the world. You see every child of God overcomes the world. For our faith is the victorious power that triumphs over the world. So who are the world, world conquerors? Who are the world conquerors defeating its power? Those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen. I just thought that's pretty cool. Amen. But the thing that we're trying to bring out here okay, is that it's your faith, okay? It's not, uh, let, me, let, me, let me say this now, it's not my faith keeping you secure or your faith keeping me secure, okay? It's your faith. See, your faith is your key to your victory, okay? Did you hear that? I'm making it real personal, all right? Now, granted, we all come together, we unite, our faith together can can move mountains, our faith together, praise God, can, can bring them, them walls down, amen. But it's your faith, amen, that becomes your key for your victory, all right? And you have to understand it and, and recognize, amen, that you, you can't just bump along life depending on everybody else's faith, all right? This is what gets us a lot of times in trouble. This is why a lot of, a lot of bad stuff can happen even to, to good, good people, good believers. Come on, somebody. You might, you might be a good person, but if you're not using your faith, you're not trusting God, if you're not extending your faith toward God, you might end up being, you know, messed over like the rest of the world is, all right? Now, a lot said right there, but I'm just trying to challenge you here today. you got to walk in faith, all right? got to use your faith, all right? That's your victory. All right, with that said, I'm going to take a look at a few texts here. We're going to kind of jump around a little bit. Hope you're doing okay. Hope you're not bored with this. Praise the Lord. Let's go to Matthew 9. Matthew 9. Get to talking about faith. Excites me. Praise God. Matthew 9. Hallelujah. Let's see. Let's look at verse uh, 27. I think what I'm going to do here is I'm going to run through several different texts fairly quick and make my point here. Uh, But verse 27 of chapter 9 of Matthew says this. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him. All right. So you got two men following him, crying out, saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Now, listen, he's, he's asking a question, a valid question. Do you believe that I'm able to do this? All right. And they said to him, Yes, Lord. And he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith. Okay, this is my point. Okay. It's our faith, our faith, our faith. Our faith, our personal faith is our victory, okay? Our faith is our key to our victory, all right? So he's saying here, your faith is your key to your victory. So that's why he's asking the questions. You know, he's asking them, do you believe I can do this? Do you believe this can change? Do you believe this situation can change? Do you believe that you can walk out of this house different than you walked in? Do you believe that? Well, obviously they did because he said, according to your faith, let it be to you. And of course, when he prayed for them, what happened? They were healed. Praise God. Well, somebody said, well, no, that was Jesus because Jesus was the healer. Whoa, breaks. Hold it. Time out. There was a lot of people that were around Jesus never got healed. All right. So he said, according to your faith, not according to his faith. He said, according to your faith. Now, we know Jesus had faith, obviously, but it was according to their faith. All right, that's my point, okay? They could have walked right back out of there blind. They could have just lied to him and said, well, yeah, we, yeah, we believe you could and, and really didn't mean it. And they could have walked right back out of that house without even being, being healed, all right? Now, listen, there were a lot of people that were around him. Not everybody got healed. There were times and moments where the Scripture says and everybody there got healed, praise the Lord, but not every time did that happen. There were times he went into a situation and one person got healed out of all of them. There was even one time where the scripture even was clear that, that not many uh, miracles were done. Not great, not very many great miracles were done. Just minor ailments that were taken care of because people lacked faith. 
all right? They weren't extending their faith toward God. They were too busy being caught up about everything else, all right? They saw him as, as just some, you know, good person, or they saw him as, you know, you're the son of, of Joseph, that guy that lived down the street over here. And that's as far as they got. So as a result, they got no breakthroughs, no miracles. But these two men got it. He said, listen, according to your faith, that's my point, okay? Let's look at another one. Let's go to Mark 5. Oh, hallelujah. Mark 5. I feel like I'm a little, little excited here today, so I'm, I'm hoping you're, you know, you're getting this, praise God. Um, 20, uh, Mark 5 and verse 25. Now, I'm kind of coming in the middle of a story, but uh, I kind of just want to make my point here. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years, okay, and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. And when she heard about Jesus, come on now, faith comes by hearing, right? When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if, I, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Now immediately the, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she, she was healed from the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, uh, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched me? But his disciples said to him, here we go, uh, you see the multitude thronging you. And he said, you asking us who touched you? All right. See, what is, see the point is there's a lot of people touching him. Not everybody's getting what she got. All right, hang on now. Here we go. And he looked around to see her who had done this thing, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened, uh, happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And here's what he said. And he said to her, daughter, your faith. Now, we know virtue, the scripture says, power or virtue had gone out of him, but it said your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Your faith is what did that. See, she heard about this Jesus, and then she made an acknowledgement that if I can just but touch him, amen, touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made well. And when she touched the hem of his garment, she was made well because her faith got her her victory. See, her faith was her key to her victory. Amen. Let's look at another one. How about Matthew, or pardon, Mark 10? Mark 10, and we're going to go to like verse 46. Oh, hallelujah. Now they came to Jericho, and, and he went um, out of Jericho with his disciples. And a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. Okay. And it says, and when he, uh, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, uh, then when... Pardon me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, right? Come on, have mercy on me. He just got louder and louder, right? So Jesus stood still. So obviously Jesus walking by, heard this. It stopped him. Come on. Yeah, Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And the word said, Throwing off his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. Now, at the time, okay, it's just like you might see even today, you can usually tell from a distance if somebody's blind, you know, maybe based on uh, what they're wearing or based on they might have a, a, a walking stick or some might have a, a dog or something or, or a person holding them. Or You can usually tell from a distance that somebody's blind, okay, without even asking them. Well, same here. He had a garment that determined, you know, that he was who he was, all right? Well, he threw that garment off. That's what it refers to when he says that he threw off the garment. I ain't going to need that no more. <laughs> Amen. Verse 51, so Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? I thought that was good. He's, he's trying to get it out of him, okay? Come on, you have to tell me now, all right? The blind man said to him, uh, Rabboni, which means teacher, that I may receive my sight. Now, you don't think Jesus didn't already know that? He already knew that. But he's going to let it come out of his mouth. What do you want? Ask me of it. You can have it. Praise God. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Here we go. Your faith. Come on. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Praise God. So, uh, you know, blind Bart, okay, his faith became his key. Amen. For his victory. All right. That's what happened. Praise God. So we have to understand now everything we're talking about today Amen. You may say, well, I just don't know how we're going to be, how, what's going to happen to us. Whoa, whoa, breaks. Hold it, hold it, hold it. You will put your faith in God's what you're going to do. All right. That's what you're going to do, child of God. 
You're going to put your faith in God, right? Because your faith is your key to your victory. Amen. And that's how you become, uh, you know, be, remain safe and secure, even in the midst of, of troubled times, even in the midst of all hell breaking loose, even though the walls are coming down all the way around you, your walls stay intact. Why? Because your faith is your key to your victory. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Let's look at another one. Let's go to Luke. Luke chapter 7. <clears throat> And we're going to look at, um, well, we're going to do, I think just for sake of time, I'm not going to read this whole one, uh, but we have a lady that uh, showed up at, uh, Jesus is asked to, uh, to come and eat with somebody. He's there, uh, a lady comes in, begins to wash his feet with her tears, all right, and had fragrant oil and all this. Well, obviously, she was a sinner, right? She had, uh, she had a past, all right, and everybody around her knew she had a past, all right? But Jesus, amen. Uh, saw, amen, well, basically, he says it right here in verse 50, says, then he said to the woman, your faith has saved you, go in peace. Your faith has saved you. So this woman, by coming, amen, doing what she did, was extending faith, her confidence, reliance on Jesus, amen, and her faith delivered her, praise God. Hallelujah. It was her faith. Let's look at one more, chapter 17 here, maybe. All right, 17. Chapter 17, verse 11. This is the story of the 10 lepers. And of course, we know what happened with the 10 lepers, right? Okay, they're, they're calling out. Well, let me. I can read this one a little bit shorter here. Uh, it says, now it happened, verse 11, now it happened as they went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And then uh, as he entered a certain village, there met him 10 men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, obviously they released in faith here. He said, go show yourself to the priests. And of course, she, they walked it out. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. Okay, which just means, okay, the word cleanse here is made, uh, really means to be purged, made clean, or purified. Okay, all right. So it goes on then. Then one of them came back, right? And when he saw uh, that he was healed, he returned with a loud voice, glorifying God, fell down at Jesus, or on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. He was a foreigner, all right? And Jesus answered and said, uh, were there not ten who were cleansed? Where are the nine? I thought this was interesting, right? Okay. And, and uh, were there uh, not any found who would return to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said this to him, arise, go your way, your faith, your faith, is your key to your victory. Your faith has made you well, which that word well means whole. It's a different word, which means made complete or well. Now, the disease of leprosy uh, eats away at your flesh. and takes away literally uh, certain appendages of your body, fingers, toes, ears, things like that. Okay, And so a lot of these men probably were missing body parts if they'd, been, if they, if they'd had this disease for any length of time. So those other men, they, you know, they all headed toward the priest, because that's a part of the, you know, you have to get the, the clear, be cleared by the priest in order to be back into society. Well, they probably showed up there and they were, you know, they were at least cleansed or purified from the disease, but they might have been missing a finger or uh, an earlobe or what, you know, who knows what they were, you know. So probably you could still tell that these men at one time had leprosy. This man came back, gives God glory. Amen. And obviously Jesus says, called it, it was out of faith in God. He said, your faith has made you whole. This man was made completely whole. And he said, now you go your way. He didn't even have to, he didn't have to go to the priest. Because if he would have went to the priest, the priest would have looked at him and said, it didn't even look like you ever had anything. You just go on home. You're completely well and whole. So that was quite a miracle. But he said, your faith. See, he's telling this man, your faith is your key to your victory, all right? See, you remain whole. You're whole because of your faith, all right? Let's look at another one while we're in Luke here. Let's go to chapter 8, and I want to look at kind of the flip side of this. Uh, Luke 8, let's see here. Uh, Luke 8, let's go to verse, uh, well, I think 22 is what I'm thinking here. So now it happened, uh, yeah, verse 22. Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now that was the word of the Lord, all right? So they launched out, verse 23. 
But as they sailed, he fell asleep, and a windstorm uh, came down on the lake. And of course, in one uh, one of the gospels, it says a mega windstorm. So it was a pretty big storm that rolled in here. And actually, most if you studied it, it really was kind of more of a demonic thing. All right, but anyway, it says, and it came down on the lake, and they were filling <clears throat> with water. And we're in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. All right. Then they then he arose and rebuked the wind and uh, the raging of the water, and they ceased. Uh, pardon me. And yeah, they ceased, and there was a calm. But he said to them, Where is your faith? Now that's what I'm going to ask you. Okay. Where's your faith? Okay. Are you putting your faith in God? Because remember, your faith is your key your victory. Okay, so now if you're concerned about everything that's going on, where's your faith? There's a raging storm going on. They could have handled themselves. That's what he's talking about. In fact, one of the other gospels, it brings, makes that pretty clear. Why'd you wake me? You know, you could have handled this. Told to get out of here. Told to be still. It would have happened. They had the, they had the, they could have done that because Jesus told them, we're going to the other side. And they could have literally said that, be still, we'll go on the other side. They go, it all just was done. But it, they didn't do that. Instead, they panicked, all right, woke Jesus up, all right, all right, come on now, woke Jesus up and made him deal with it, all right? Now, a lot of times, there's a lot of Christians right there. Oh, mercy, now we're meddling. There's a few Christians right there, okay, that are using their own faith, they're, wait, they're leaning on somebody else, Take, you, they're getting wake you up, make you deal with it. No, you deal with it. It's your faith. Because your faith is your key to your victory. See, in these troubled times, you better know what you're doing. Better know who you are. You better have faith in the right thing, right? Come on, in your God and not in something else. All right? In these troubled times, in these rough waters, come on, somebody. Sometimes, you know, you know what, where you're at is found out, okay? If you're in faith or not in faith. A lot of people talk in faith. Okay, and I'm not condemning anybody. I'm just telling you, sometimes these, these rough times, rough waters, these storms, these things that are going on, walls coming down, the turmoil, the, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, the all hell breaking loose, all this stuff that's going on. Sometimes all it does is finds out where you're at. And you got to make, make up your mind. I'm going to keep my faith in God. No matter how it looks, no matter who's in agreement or not, no matter what the media says, no matter what the uh, you know what government says, no matter what my neighbor says, come on now. I put my faith in God because your faith is your key to your victory. All right, for your victory. All right, and you got to put your faith in God. And He's asking, "Where's your faith at? What's the deal here? All right, where's your faith? All right. Now I'm asking that." Where's yours? Is your faith in God? Or your faith in men? Your faith in, you know, uh, you know, natural means? Natural things? Is, uh, you know, are you in a place where you rely more, more on maybe your spouse's faith? Or your pastor's faith? Or, uh, you know, whatever, okay? Don't get me wrong. I'm hoping that your spouse is a praying person, and I hope they're in faith, and I hope your pastor's a praying person and in faith. Come on now. Uh, but that's, you know, you have, to, you have to use your faith, all right? Praise God for the power of agreement. There's a time for that. When we all come together, use our faith, amen, just like the children of Israel, they came together, did what they were supposed to, the walls came down like they're supposed to. But Rahab, with her faith, kept her part of the wall intact, praise God even though everything else was falling. Couldn't you imagine seeing that? Everything just crumbled. We're talking about literally homes. The wall is made with homes all the way around, wide enough to have chariot races on the top, and, and yet everything's falling in and crumbling in and falling except for that little part of the wall. I mean, talk about a sight to see. That would have been phenomenal. Amen? Her faith kept her part of the wall intact, praise God, kept her and her family safe, praise God. Oh, hallelujah. All right, praise God. Let's look at something here. Let's look at, uh, okay, um, let's do this. Let's do Romans 10, and we're going to talk a little bit, um, some things about faith here, and 
Of course, we, we probably go down a hundred rabbit trails here, but um, I better just kind of stick to some of these notes here. Uh, Romans 10, verse 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Okay, so, so in other words, faith in what he said, faith in the word comes by hearing it. Okay, that's what he's talking about. Okay, so the word comes means, uh, it literally means uh, caused by or the means by means or reason of. So in other words, faith comes by the means or reason of what? Hearing, giving ear, giving audience to information and instruction. Guess what it means. Now, the reason I brought that out, somebody says, well, well, uh, I struggle with my faith. Well, then you need to be hearing it more. Okay? Now, I guarantee you there's all kinds of teaching out there about faith. Okay? I mean, you can go back in our archives and and pull up a hundred messages on faith, okay? Uh, you know, and here we're talking about faith here today, okay? Now, the point I'm trying to make is there's all kinds of teaching out there, and I guarantee you, um, if you're watching this or listening to this for any length of time that you've been connecting with Pastor Jerry, I guarantee you you're going to hear some messages about faith. Now, some of you might say, well, well, I don't believe in all that faith stuff. Well, that's too bad because that's how it works, and that's how we live. And it's hard to to not believe in the the thing that's supposed to be your key to your victory. Because if you're not going to believe in that faith stuff, then you're not going to have a victory. That's that simple. And you're going to be in fear. You're going to be panicked. You're going to be in doubt and unbelief. When all this stuff's going on, instead of standing firm in who you are as a child of God, you're coming under it because CNN or something else said something. Or because somebody, your neighbor said something. Oh, hallelujah. That's it, it's just how it works. You might have more faith in what the news says than what Jesus says. You may have more faith in what some politician said than what your God said. You may have more faith in what your neighbor said than what your own Bible says. Now, come on. Where's your faith? See, and if you think, well, I struggle in that area. Well, then you need to hear it. That's how it works. You need to keep hearing it till it comes alive on the inside of you, praise God, because your faith is your key to your victory, all right? Now, go to James chapter 2. Just some little quick things, but all of it, talking about this thing called faith, all right? In chapter 2, oh, hallelujah. Chapter 2, please. This maybe Verse, uh, I think I'm going to read through most of this. Verse 14. It says, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? Okay, now this word works means corresponding action. So in other words, you can't just talk that you got faith. See, there might be some people out there that say, I don't believe in all that faith stuff. We kind of know where they stand then, right? Okay, we kind of know what's going to happen. Here comes the storm. What's going to happen? Well, it's going to bust the place apart and your place is going downstream. That's what's going to happen. I'm just telling you. Okay. And, you know, somebody else might lie to you and say, well, maybe everything's going to be okay. No, it ain't going to be okay. You ain't using your faith, putting faith in God and trusting God. Amen. And trusting in the word of God and the principles of God. I guarantee you, your place is going downstream with the world. Now, this is talking about a people who, who are saying they have faith. Okay, but there's no corresponding action with it. Okay, because you got that group too. All right, here we go. He says, can faith save him? In other words, if, if you don't have corresponding action, can your faith really save you? If a, if a brother or sister is naked or destitute of daily food, and one of you says to him, depart in peace, be warm, be filled, uh, but you, you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, does it, what does it profit? In other words, it didn't do any good to just tell him, be warm, be filled. He's trying to make a principle. He's trying to show you something here. See, an example of this. He said, so you can't just tell somebody, be warm, be filled, because uh, it didn't change anything. So you have to do something in order to change that situation. So you, gotta, you need to help them, give them something, if you want that situation to be changed. He's trying to bring a point. So you can't just verbalize say, something without some kind of something behind it, some kind of action showing that you believe this. Okay, now, it's a, now hang on. Thus also faith, verse 17, by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So in other words, he'd give, he'd, that was just an example. 
If someone will say to you, you have faith and I have works, show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. In other words, you can talk all day long okay, about it. But I'm telling you, faith has to have some kind of corresponding action. All right? Rahab had corresponding action. The children of Israel at that time, okay, when, they, when the walls came down, all had corresponding action. They did what he asked them to do. Their faith brought the walls down. Rahab did what she was supposed to do. Amen. Tied the, uh, the scarlet uh, rope. Amen. Put everybody in. Shut the door. Amen. Believed that what they told her was going to happen. And as a result of it, she had a corresponding action. Amen. That produced something. Right. Now I'm asking, see, first I asked you, where's your faith? But now I'm asking you another one. Okay. Do you have corresponding action with that faith? Okay. You say you got faith. You say you are in faith. Okay. But is there some corresponding action? All right. All right. All right. Right. All right. So he said, uh, verse 19. Well, let me, let me read the verse uh, 18, I guess. Verse 18. But someone will say to you, you have faith. I will, uh, and I have works. Show me your faith without your, your works. And I will show you my faith by my works. Verse 19. But uh, pardon me, you believe that there is one God you do well. I mean, that's right, right, right? One true God, right? But even the demons believe that, right? They believe that and tremble, all right? But do you want to know, foolish man, that faith without works is dead? In other words, he says, listen, anybody can say something. See, I, they, you can say, I believe in God, okay? But if there's no corresponding action, see, that's no different than even the demons can say they believe there's a God, <laughs> okay? That ain't doing them any good. Now, anyway, praise God. So uh, do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Uh, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? In other words, it was because of the fact he followed through with something. Do you see that faith was working together with his, with his works, and by works faith was made perfect or complete? And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. All right? You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. In other words, by just saying they believe, okay? Likewise, was not Rahab, here we go, she's even mentioned here. Uh, likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. The point is, is there any action? All right? So, I mean, to me, this is just another thing. All I'm saying is, it's your faith, okay? Your faith is your key to your victory, okay? So, if you say you're walking in faith or in faith, that's good. Okay, You say you believe, that's good, okay? But is there any kind of corresponding action? These are just things to check, just little tales you can tell, okay? If, if there is no action that's, that's showing that, then there needs to be some kind of corresponding action, all right? Let me ask you another, uh, another uh, question here, all right? Is there a consistent action, corresponding action? Consistent, you know, are you staying consistent with it? Okay, that's another thought. So let me look at, look at something here. Let's go to, um, which one do I want to go to here? Well, I'll tell you what, let's do this. Um, let's do Hebrews 6, Hebrews 6. We'll do that. We'll skip a little bit of this. Hebrews 6, all right? And it says this in verse 12. It says that you do not become sluggish or lazy or avoid pain. That's what that means. But imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Now, uh, James 1 brings out, let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Okay, that's James 1.4. But this verse 12 of Hebrews 6 it says, imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Now, what does that mean? Well, the word patience here means constant or consistency. So what it's talking about here is, are you staying consistent with your faith? Okay, it's another question. See, where is your faith? He asked, he asked the disciples. Okay, so I'm asking you, where is your faith? I'm also asking you, is there, is there a corresponding action? Okay, and now I'm also asking you, are you staying consistent with that? These are just little things, okay, little things to know, okay? A lot being said here in, in a few minutes here, but uh, I'm just trying to show you here, okay? Now, it's, it's what I like to say is not, not just saying something or doing an initial action, but
but also a, your, your continual reactions to things, especially in the days that we're living in. Here it comes. Everything is happening, okay? Trying to get you to back down, get you to quit. Are you staying with it, okay? So my question to you is, okay, not only is there a corresponding action, but is there a consistent reaction of faith? Are you hearing me? Now, let me give you some examples of that. Okay, um, the boys are out in the boat. There's a storm. Jesus is walking on the water. Okay, we see this in Matthew 14. And they, um, you know, they see him. And, of course, they get a little freaked out because, you know, it's not normal. And, you know, somebody's walking on water. So they're thinking they saw a ghost or some kind of thing. Well, Jesus said, it's me. Jesus, or pardon, Peter then says, if it's you, bid me to come. Of course, he says, yeah, it's me. So Peter steps out of the boat. Man, we're talking about a phenomenal thing here. Stepped out of the boat, even during a storm, begins to walk on the water. Listen, okay, he gets partway out there. He begins to look around. He gets distracted by, by the waves, the wind, everything that's going on. He begins to sink. He calls out to Jesus. Jesus, of course, you know, saves him. But listen, Jesus addressed something. He didn't address the initial action. You think he said, man, good job, Peter, man. You, 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 you made 10 steps on the water. Way to go, guy. You know what he said? He said, he said uh, how come, why'd you doubt? Where was your faith? What, what, why'd you doubt? Okay, what, 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 what? And you think, dude, man, he, he, uh, you know, I walked on the water, man. I was, you know, I'm walking on the water. No, no, he wanted to know. See, what he addressed was the reaction. Okay. You know, I think about, um, the Gentile woman who came and wanted her her daughter delivered, and I think we see that like in uh, uh, I want to say like Matthew fifteen, I believe that's where it is, Matthew fifteen, and uh, she comes to Jesus, wants her daughter delivered. Jesus said, "I wasn't sent to the Gentiles; I was sent to the you know children of Israel." She said, "Yeah, I know." He says, "But you know, I, I need I want you to deliver my my daughter anyway," and he said, "No, listen, 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 um, you know." Um, he actually, it almost when you read it, it, almost sounds like he insults her. Okay, now he really didn't, but he was just he was making the point. He says, "I wasn't called to the, you know, the dogs." Okay, I was, uh, you know, I, I was called to, you know, you know, the children of Israel. And she said, "Yeah," but uh, she made a statement. She said, "Yeah, but you know, even the dogs um, eat the crumbs off the master's table." And Jesus was taken back by it. The worst that he, he marveled at. He's just like, "Whoa!" He said, "Man, I, man, what faith?" What did he? What did he? What did he acknowledge? He didn't acknowledge her initial action. He acknowledged her reaction. Because most people probably, if you read that story, most people probably would have been offended and just said, well, whew, I'm out of here. Who do you think you are? You know? She said, you know what? Yeah, I know. I know I'm not what I should, you know, who I should be. And I know that normally you wouldn't do this, but I'm asking and I'm staying right here until I get my answer. And guess what? She got her answer. It was her faith. The scripture even said it was her faith that caused this thing to happen, amen, and delivered her daughter. Are you getting this? I'll give you one more story, okay, out of Matthew 8. And we see the story of the centurion that came to Jesus, wanted his, his, uh, his servant to be made well. And Jesus said, I'll even come, I'll, I'll come. And, he, and, G, and the servant said this, the centurion, I mean, said this. He said, no, no, you're not even worthy to come under my roof. Pardon me, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. There you go. And he said, you know, so you, you, you just speak the word. You just say something. Whatever you say is going to happen. And Jesus was taken back. He said the worst that he marveled at this man's faith. He acknowledged the man's reaction. See, Jesus said, I'll, I'll go. He said, no, no, you don't need to. I'll, you just say the word. Now, I'm just trying to show you something here, okay? And he marveled at the man's faith, acknowledged his faith, amen, because his faith was his key to his victory. Just like your faith is your key to your victory. I know I sped through a bunch of this, all right? And I understand that, okay? But the point I'm trying to make is this, okay? Rahab, all right, through her corresponding action and her consistent reactions, doing it by faith and kept up with it, stayed with it, all right? It saved her whole household, even when everybody else in the community was, was destroyed. Everything of that city was destroyed except one family. All right? It was faith in God 
that brought all the walls down. And it was faith in God that kept a part of that wall up. And my point is, where's your faith? That even though everything else around you is falling apart, if you will stay in faith in God, maintain corresponding action and a consistent reaction of faith, I guarantee you, you will see deliverance. You will see your victory. You will see the breakthrough if you will stay with it. Hope you got something today. Father, I give you praise and glory right now. Thank you for the ears that heard, the hearts that received. Thank you, Lord, for taking us all higher, growing us up, making us the men and women that we're called to be. And I give you praise for it, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, that just shall live by faith. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I'm thankful, Lord God, those that heard are walking in faith. Praise God. Corresponding action. Praise God. Consistent reactions of faith. And for that, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WOVictory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.